Welcome to Positive Reaction Podcast. My name is Danielle C. Aguilar, better known as Dr. D. My name is Dr. Edwin Serrano, better known as Dr. Pepper, and we are not your average physical therapist, and we will get you ready to react at any given moment. We are here to question healthcare to help you make the best decision to get back to your active lifestyle. Hello, what's up, everybody? How's it going? You hear some background noises. We got some people working in here, so sorry about that. Yeah, um, he always has things that need to be fixed. I'm kidding. Or if you're just annoyed by Danielle's voice, you can shut this out. Hi, uh, <laughs> <this> <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Anyways, so we're going to talk about shoulders and specifically the stages of shoulder. Uh, stages of shoulder. The stages of frozen shoulder. <laughs> yeah, frozen shoulder. Um, you've probably heard about it. You might be experiencing it. You might be experiencing it, but probably not. <laughs> may have a bad diagnosis that says Ooh, frozen yeah. shoulder, but in reality, you're just dealing with like some rotator cuff stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's is, not really frozen. And it's not really frozen. It does not freeze. It's not a thing. It's not a thing at all. Kind of. I mean, it freezes, but not like that. <laughs> not with ice and snow. It's not the winter. Dumb. <laughs> Anyways. So we're looking at, you know, a good old Google. I did a quick search. The, the three stages that stand out to us are frozen or i'm sorry freezing frozen and thawing yeah right we can we have a consensus on that mm-hmm. what we came across and, and this is kind of where i think that the shoulder gets like um like the kitchen sink thrown at it where like, they're just like your shoulder's frozen but it could be in what we found is this pre-freezing 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 mm-hmm. stage where you're getting these rotator cuff symptoms where yeah. it's a dull ache and you know you you you're in the phase where you can still get the full range of motion but at a certain rate at a certain level excuse me uh, a certain degree of movement you start feeling that uh, you don't want to go any further yeah you know, when I've seen people like have true frozen shoulder, mm-hmm. it, it always starts off, starts off as like shoulder pain, right? And right. like, oh, my shoulder hurts. And then it hurts to lay on it. And so at that point, you're thinking, oh, maybe some muscular stuff going on, maybe some joint stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But then you as an individual or you as a patient, what you start to do is you stop moving it. Exactly. And you like start babying it. So then the arm, the one thing that you would reach above uh, above the fridge or the counter for, you start avoiding those movements mm-hmm. because they hurt you. So then as you start avoiding those movements, um, then any any kind of movement just really starts to bother you. Yeah. Right? Because you're also dealing with like the nerves getting irritated, muscular. Um, and then before you know it, then you go to the doctor's office. You know, you did say that like when you move a certain well you mentioned that like you start moving less Mm -hmm. right because it hurts and a lot of the times i find myself telling patients like if it hurts don't do it so you're not wrong you you know those out there listening and that are experiencing shoulder pain you're not wrong and not going all the way to the point of pain however you know if you're having pain this is a good opportunity to you know a listen what we have to say and b if you're you know come getting checked kind of thing mm-hmm. you, you want to make sure that you you know you use it don't lose it kind of thing yeah and and with movements um like we're talking about you avoid all movement whatsoever but in reality what you want to do is hey if it hurts to go 100 percent of the movement like go 80 mm-hmm. percent uh, go mm-hmm. to a movement that doesn't bother you it's okay like 
to raise your arm up some, even though it bothers you. Just, just an example. Right. And um, it's, I mean, it's true. The, the, what people do is there's like all or nothing, right? It's like <laughs> the same thing with pain. I had this kind of conversation with a patient the other day. It's like, oh, my back still hurts. It's still aching. And then I see her and she's like trying to squat down to pick up her purse, mm. right? Whereas like it's okay and to avoiding the And movement. she's avoiding the movement completely. Right. And that's kind of what we talked to about like hey, graded exposure. Like if you avoid yes. something completely, then your body is going to, become more aware of like that movement itself yeah then you're not going to want to do it and it hurts more so there has to be some form of movement that is safe and secure and you're not going to damage it more and that's where your fear also comes in right because if you move you have pain so then you fear that there's something terribly wrong and then you're you're stuck there you just don't know what to do yeah you know it's fear is is a very big topic you know you you think it's going to hurt so you let it dictate how you're going to move um, there's a, a phrase that's used commonly in the cl- clinic called fear avoidant behavior, right? Like you think that by doing this movement, it's going to hurt. So you just avoid it altogether. And then that fear of avoid- avoidant behavior then turns into, well, I'm just not going to move it past this point anymore because I know it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. So then your body starts adjusting. Mm-hmm. Right. So now that we're your shoulder starts adjusting this pre freezing stage that we meant stage that I, you know, that I mentioned then you're really starting to flirt with this freezing stage mm-hmm. because you've now avoided that range overhead period. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned going over the, the refrigerator or reaching that top shelf in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then you just start going to just the shelf, mm-hmm. right? Where your kitchen is, or your kitchen sink is and whatnot. So then that's where you start flirting with the freezing stage, yeah. you know, and, and the, the symptoms may not become more pronounced, but your, and it might, but the biggest thing is that your range of motion has now become more of a a primary limitation yeah um and so how in your experience Mm -hmm. how long do the people people last in the frozen stage good question it depends um so frozen stage is defined as what the frozen stage what would you define it as Uh, not looking it up not doing anything what would you say it is if they are frozen, that me the first thing that comes to mind is limited range of motion, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have a degree for you, but yeah. it is limited. I would probably say ninety degree if I were to give a degree, <clears throat> excuse me, ninety degrees of flexion or below, and you're getting the the I wouldn't say, man, you're getting that dull ache at mm-hmm. this point. So that's kind of the biggest thing that I would describe frozen shoulder is that your range of motion has now become moderate to severely limited. Mm-hmm. So the way I see, like, if it's true, true frozen shoulder, because uh-huh. I, I don't know if you run a lot, uh, run by this a lot as a mm-hmm. physical therapist, but you get the diagnosis often from other practitioners. Oh, frozen shoulder, or a patient comes in and they just tell you they have frozen shoulder. Yeah, because they the because of that, like yeah. they have limited range of motion. For me, like it has, I I have to. Categor or not categorically, but I have to look at the range, and, and if they're not able to get, like I said, above 90 is kind of my uh, rule of thumb, then we're really flirting with that uh, quote-unquote frozen shoulder the, issue is my thought. The way I, I see frozen shoulder is you can't make a big change right away. Uh, so yeah. so it can be limited range of motion at 90 it could be at 60 degrees it could be at 120 mm-hmm. it could be at 130 but like if we're consistently consistently doing what we need to do mm-hmm. like let's say i check them i do my manual therapy i do exercises with them i do things and there's no significant change right away maybe they do feel better then i know it's true frozen shoulder right? and what's your timeline because uh, I would agree with that. Like, mm-hmm. do you get, are you saying at seven days of three times a week or in one week, they, or two weeks, do you I'm, have a 
time um, frame? So frozen shoulder, right? If there's no specific time frame, but let's say I get, they can only lift their arm to 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I go put my hands on them and I mm-hmm. cannot get them past 90 degrees yeah. manually with my hands like on. A firm like, like and a firm feel, like, or even like, like hard. Like it's just like firm. Like gotcha. it's just like, uh, I can't get you there. Right, right. Then right. I know it's true frozen shoulder. Okay. Right. But let's say they come in, they can't raise their arm like 60, 70 degrees. That's it. And then I go and I put my hands on them and I, wah, and then I can get a full one. Sure. Yeah. 150 degrees, whatever it is. Then I know that range of motion is there. They have just like built up a lot of guarding. Right. Right. And right. So, it goes back to the fear avoidant behavior yeah. thing. And so at that point, I know this person that was diagnosed with frozen shoulder uh-huh. does not have frozen shoulder. They probably just have a rotator cuff pathology mm-hmm. or they mm-hmm. have a nerve issue. Yeah. Right? That's a good um, point. So, so that's the way I see it. Cause I've seen true frozen shoulder. And sometimes when people walk in and like, I have frozen shoulder and then like move their arm. And then I just like, whoop, nope, no frozen. Shoulder. <laughs> Your shoulder's not frozen. Yeah. And that's a good point. You know, when you're talking about that, if you cannot get what is called a good uh, or an interest, session change even a little bit right like you can tell on the first day uh, it once you put your hands on them like you mentioned and, and you're you're going through the end feel uh, or you're going to in search of an end feel and then you get this firm end feel and you can't go beyond that and you know it's stuck and based on your expertise mm. yeah and you're, you're flirting with that uh, the frozen shoulder at that yeah. point it doesn't mean that you there's no means of return you know there's no return to where you were yeah. it just means that it's going to be a little bit more of a challenging road for oh, you yeah most definitely and what, what causes frozen shoulder too? So what are the main, I know we talked about like shoulder hurts, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. Like, but do they know exactly what causes frozen shoulder? I don't think so. I mean, you just mentioned like the whole uh, kitchen sink thing. That's I really do think it's one of those diagnoses like, Hey, we couldn't think of anything else. So this is what you got. Yeah. So, well, from what, what I know is frozen shoulder, there's no real reason why it happens. And it makes sense. The typical person that has true frozen shoulder uh-huh. is your typical female in like that 45 to 55, 60 yeah. age range, right? I actually have one patient in mind I'll tell you about. Yeah. And so, so they attribute it to, at that point, what is a female going through? A lot of hormonal changes, a lot of changes in the body. Yeah. So then they start developing something like a frozen shoulder. Yeah. Right? Yes. And then they end up in this phase for about a year or two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day they wake up, and then they're, like, completely gone. Right. Right? So if you don't fit that category, if you don't fit that middle-aged woman going through hormonal changes and having shoulder pain and can't move your arm, and then you probably don't have frozen shoulder because that is the typical person that gets frozen shoulder that that's is a true problem. frozen shoulder interesting right? yeah that's mm-hmm. a good point because i in back at a clinic that i used to work at this uh, more mature age lady was slightly above the age range that you're suggesting but still going through these hormonal changes and you know we were, were working on her shoulder and you know she comes in it's slowly getting better slowly getting better and then maybe i think i'm going to say on the on the high end of three weeks of working together she comes in her shoulder's virtually better yeah. i was like i didn't do anything different the day before yeah. or i wish i could uh, take credit for it but it was kind of one of those things like i guess once the hormonal changes were settling in mm. or i've already made the change her shoulder started feeling better and how long had she been dealing with with it before she saw you she is a runner and i would probably say man on the upwards of three years Mm -hmm. it it was a long time and and that kind of fits that time frame because people that are in that frozen to thawing stage is probably like two to three years Mm -hmm. from what i've read yeah yeah, right so if you tackle her towards the end of it and just give her that little oomph Mm -hmm. right like and it just worked out for me yeah Yeah, it was great i mean it's great like but 
could she have been in that phase a little bit longer too? Probably. Sure. Yeah. Well, right? It's very, it's one of those things like, again, you, you really said it, you know, you're, you highlighted it is that it's just one of those things that, do you really have it? Yeah. You know, like, do you really have it? I would quite, I would question it mm -hmm. just saying, because it's like, you know, we talked about the pre-freezing, which again, I'm going to be very transparent. I wasn't even hundred percent sure that was a thing, but again, you know, why not? Mm -hmm. And we talked about freezing and then, uh, frozen, which we, we gave you, a, uh, I want to say a population, but, um, yeah, I guess a targeted yeah, a population. population. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned thawing. So tell me about thawing. What do you, what does that look like? I kind of highlighted a little bit so, with this patient, but. So when I get typically a, a patient with true frozen shoulder, I tell them right off the bat, look, this is frozen shoulder. It's not going to get better overnight. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very meticulous work. We're not going to see gains right away. Right. right. Um, and typically those people, I see them for more duration. So I'll see yeah. them instead of like the one time a week for mm -hmm. like a month, a month and a half. I see them twice a week for like two months mm -hmm. and then go down to one time a week. But at that point, they're giving, they're some doing something consistently and right. they're just promoting movement um, within like whatever's not painful, right? right. Within the non-painful yeah. range. Um, so... Um, that's the approach that I take with true frozen shoulder. And I think that that's most, most people do, right? We know that we're not going to make a big change right away, mm -hmm. but the more consistent we are, I always joke with my patients, like, look, we're going to be consistent with these things. This is what you're going to do. Pull out the pulleys, start right, doing things. Right, right. And I was like, one day you're probably just going to wake up and like your motion's going to come great. back, like nothing. <laughs> I was like, so we, at this point, we need to keep your shoulder from getting any worse. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like the big thing is understand that it's going to take longer than you would like mm -hmm. and it is something that you know we need to preserve the motion that you have yeah so the redundancy in this treatment plan is going to be very obvious yes. painfully obvious yes it's like uh, the same thing over and yeah. over for like but you two can't weeks, change then, it like, you change a few things because you have minimal gains right right or highlighting minimal yeah, you yeah. Know? it's it's not like it's not substantial we are not telling you I had a patient that had anything frozen shoulder that. and she walked in with 110 degrees of like shoulder flexion mm -hmm. and like i worked with her for like six weeks and she had like 120 like that is minimal <laughs> gains but, but it's gains but her pain is better and yeah. she was able to reach over for things more and she could drive better yeah. right so you start looking more at the function can you sure. do things better can you do more of something that you have been avoiding for a long time right right mm -hmm. and i mean that's that's kind of our job right is to highlight things that we may miss mm -hmm. or you know patients that are like man i, I could do i could run 17 miles but right now I can only get to three, but you know, working six weeks later, granted we're shying away from the shoulder, but what I'm getting at is, you know, now they're up to 12, mm -hmm. but they still, they're still looking at the end, the end goal of 17. Well, let's not forget the middle, right? Let's yeah. look at your accomplishments thus far. Mm -hmm. And you know, a fun fact about frozen shoulder. Now this lady that I told you about, I was, it was during my residency yeah. and my mentor uh, was like, so what are you going to do with this patient? You know, she's a swimmer, runner, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, XYZ, manual therapy, we'll, we'll try some uh, trigger point dry needling, go through active resistive range of motion, things that you, you normally see. He's like, well, have you tried needling their, um, the dorsal aspect of the hand? Which is what? I don't even know what the name of this the muscle is. The top of your hand. Oh, sorry, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, the top of the hand. Stupid. <laughs> but there's a little muscle here, right? So if you like bring your if you I was gonna say if you put your move your thumb into adduction, if you bring your thumb close to your hand like you're waving high, there's a little muscle right in here. It's yeah, it's some the muscle's the name of it slipping my mind. But anyways, he was like, Have you tried putting a needle in this random muscle on, on you know in her hand? And I was like, No, why would I think of that? That's ridiculous. 
And he's like, try it. I dare you to try it, blah, blah, blah. And here comes a lady. She's super cool. She's like, yeah, go ahead. What do I have to lose? I was like, all right. So uh, I, I dropped the needle in there. It's a real tiny needle. She goes up to the pulleys, and I promise you, I will never forget this. She could only get to like 95 degrees. She cleared it all the way to 160. Really? I am not kidding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, and the needle stays in there while she's moving. And uh, I was like, well, let's try to the side. And like, she's in tears at this point because she couldn't believe it. And I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. Neither do I. I don't even know what's happening right now. This is some (laughs) voodoo stuff. Uh, So did it carry over? It didn't. Here comes the next day and she's back to 90. I think she got up to like 96, 97, but her shoulder felt better. And the point is, for whatever reason, that treatment worked. And then I would use it a lot on my swimmers whenever they had had like just your your basic dull ache in your your shoulder. And I would try it with them and it'd work. I'd I'd try it if you never had. Well, it's the same thing. Like, where you're putting the needle, have you ever like heard? Do you have a headache? Oh you yeah, just push you, on like, it? yeah. yeah. You just push on it? Uh, that's what I thought. It had something to do with, and what he was explaining is like there is. He told me some hoopla. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't remember exactly what he said verbatim, but I'll just just in terms of treatment and out of the ordinary kind of stuff. That was one of them, and I was like, I mean, okay, and I couldn't tell you why it worked. It, you know, kind of the same reason with the whole mm-hmm. headache deal. It's in that area. Drop the needle in there and she goes for the movement and it worked. Yeah. But she's also the same person that came in after I worked with her for, I think I mentioned like six weeks or something. She felt better. Yeah. And even though the needling kind of gave her a glimpse of what it could have done, but it was something that I was like, Hey, I'm not hundred percent sure what happened, but I'm, you know, thanks for being open to try it. Let's keep pushing in the right direction. I know yeah. exercise is going to help you. It's going to maintain your gains, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. interesting story. I've never, I've never seen that and yeah. haven't really implemented it outside of that because mm. it wasn't anything sustainable. Yeah. So then, you know, you talk about she, going back to my patient, she's now good and doing everything she wants to do. What is the purpose of this thawing stage? Is it, or, you know, how do you explain that to someone? Is that even something you explain? I mean, I don't really explain the stages. I just tell them like, hey, this is how it happens. With thawing, I just, I look at it as I treat what I see, right? Mm-hmm. So if the patient is very sensitive that day, a lot of pain, then I know I might be doing some more heat, some more Easton. Right, them, like that just feel good calm stuff. Down. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And then get them moving right after, right? Yeah. Now, if like they have a really good day where they're not having a lot of pain, then I know that I'm trying to, okay, I'm going to capitalize on this time. That, time they're, frame feeling that, that they're feeling good. And yeah. I'm going to push them a little bit. Yeah. To like not feel good. And <laughs> <laughs> to get back to feeling terrible. To, no, to but like in a better position. Like, yeah, but get more motion, get more mobility. Right. Um, I always explain that this stage is always, you never know how long it's going to last. Yeah. You know, I think that's things. really good about mm-hmm. it being transparent. And I think that's what I like about both of our met- methods of treatment is we're really not trying to paint this this false picture of what we can get you to do we either know we can or can't right and we do a great job of uh, reaching out to other resources i know i reach out to you if i have any questions and vice versa Mm -hmm. and so it's 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 good to to have resources and and really guys for those of you all listening if you're having some shoulder pain you know and you're in the category in the the category that edwin mentioned what was what 40 in the late 40s like to late 40s early 50s, i had even a, into the 60s yeah i was about yeah. to say in the, in the early 60s yeah. anywhere around there uh and you know you're a female as females you know, we just kind of got the short end of the stick in this realm because it's something that i've come across too mm-hmm. you know if, you, if you're experiencing these symptoms come talk to one of us you know maybe we can help we can give you a regimen mm-hmm. something that would be helpful for you to to at least get back to an active lifestyle and, and you know you mentioned it preserve what you have yeah. And then, you know, continue to build in the right direction. And if you're diagnosed with frozen shoulder and you don't fit that 
population. Which is a Something lot of other else. people. It's a lot of other people. Uh, just just get a second opinion. Yeah, I, right. I would say that. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Yeah. Enjoy your drive. Enjoy your day. Whatever it is that you're doing. Make good choices. Always. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. All right, guys. Bye. Remember, this is Positive Reaction Podcast. This is Dr. D. And Dr. Serrano, where, where you, you come, come first. first.